Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. Never Ever Give Up Hope is a show about people who have done just that. They never gave up no matter what. All of my guests have survived incredible circumstances and as a result they also have the passion to help others who may be going through something similar. And this is what I found is a common thread with my guests, people who have survived what seemed to be the insurmountable now want to help others who may be going through a similar thing. Some of them have overcome extreme poverty and they're now successful and even multimillionaires. Some have overcome various forms of abuse and they are stronger as a result and they can share their story. Some have overcome serious depression or disease and now they're living free from fear and pain. People can survive such incredible things and come out not only as survivors and thrivers but also winners and that's what's exciting about this show. They are all fighters and they are all winners and they want to share their story with you and to give you tips and insights and how you too can overcome any type of trauma and not only survive but thrive. Never Ever Give Up Hope is now heard in over 140 countries. And that shows me that no matter where we are on this globe, people from every corner need to hear the message of hope. And that is what each one of my guests gives our listeners. I also want to thank our listeners because without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. So I really appreciate that. And leaving your feedback and your input is my, very much appreciated. With me today, I have Pamela Fleming. Pamela is an author and a speaker. And even more than that, she is a survivor, a thriver, and a winner. Pamela has survived tremendous trauma in her life. I think that a lot of people who have heard her story, read her story, wonder if they would ever have been able to overcome what she has had to endure in her life and yet not only has she overcome it but she is here to share her story of victory this is where it gets exciting she has had her 14 month old daughter die her husband had committed suicide and she had her own battle with cancer so you are in for a real ride today as you listen to Pamela's incredible story. Welcome, Pamela. Thank you, Carol. I just really appreciate being on your show. I'm excited to share my story with 
with everyone. So uh, thank you so much. As I mentioned, many things happen in your life. And a lot of people would not have been able to to survive it. So before we talk about that, let's let's talk about your marriage. And because that was a good time in your life. You were young, you got married, you were in love, and the world was all roses. So tell us a little about that. Okay. (laughs) My husband and I met it in college. And uh, we had not known each other for, oh, let me see, we met in February and we decided to get married in October to our parents' chagrin. (laughs) But yes, we were in love. My husband was going to become a pastor and we just, he was just so handsome and uh, he could do so many things. He was talented and yes, we just fell in love right away and we decided let's start our life together. So we were zoomed off to be uh, a pastor and his uh, his wife <laughs> quite the quite the story right there well we had uh, we were in a, a little church and we had our first child on uh, his name is Nathan and he was a lovely child just just a beautiful child uh, easygoing and then uh, a year or so later I got pregnant again with our second child and uh, I just had a, a funny feeling the whole time I was pregnant but uh, when Elizabeth was born, she was born with um, several birth defects. And actually, they said she probably would not make it through that night. Really? And of course, this is so devastating. Oh. Um, everybody knows who has lost a child yes. or even people who have had miscarriages. It's just a devastating thing loss yes. for everyone. We took her home after a month being in the, uh, a children's hospital. They were teaching us how to feed her and how to take care of her. And she came home, and we were doing our best. We were literally up every single night uh, for 14 months. Oh, my And um, after those 14 months, she did go home. And it is like a piece of you is totally missing, Carol. I can't, for those who have experienced this, they know. But it's always a piece that you will always be missing, we loved her, and but we knew that she was with God. Have you ever been able to recover from that? I have, Carol. I would say the first initial shock. You know, I went to counseling, and I, you know, people tried to help you, and yes, yeah. First year, you're just in a complete daze, so you don't really, you can't function properly, you can't live your life like you did, and what's funny is, you know. I'm telling a story that has been, she would have turned 40 this year. Oh, my goodness. And what's really interesting is I had a very, she was born in June and she died the next August. I had a very interesting summer because I just could feel, you know, when her birthday came around, I felt kind of depressed. Right. And, you know, I've gone through these birthdays every year and I always remember her birthday. But... This year was different, and I was talking to a friend. I said, what do you think it is? Like, what's going on? She said, you know, when people turn 40 or 30 or, you know, they're big Hallmark birthdays. And she said, maybe you're feeling that this year. Wow. And I sure was. I sure was. I felt a real loss this year. But I made it through, and... um. I went on to have another beautiful daughter, and her name is Megan. 
And she is, of course, the light of my life. And she <laughs> has six children and one on the way. Oh, yep. my goodness. That sounds wonderful. Are they, are they close to you? Are they living close to you? They're living very close, 10 minutes away. Oh, so, <laughs> even better. <laughs> yes, Grammy is can be busy sometimes, but then sometimes Grammy says, hey, I'll see you later. Yeah, no I'm out of here. Now, what, if anything, what kind of effect did this have on your marriage? You know, I believe we did go through a rough time. And um, I'm trying to remember because it, it was so long ago. Right. But... Um, I think what happens is, you know, you start to blame each other. It's it's just completely silly because we could have not done anything about it. You know, we couldn't have changed her death. We couldn't have changed how she was born. But you do kind of look at the other person and say, you kind of blame them. It's just right. it's kind of crazy. But we got through that, Carol. We, we worked through it, and God was good to us, and we just... Um, pressed on and we were just very happy that we had a beautiful son and we had another beautiful daughter and we had wonderful memories of Elizabeth and so we just kept that kept our marriage together now there was a time though I was reading in your bio when this wasn't the case what happened there I had also um, gone through cancer of course that is another loss and of And during that loss, you know, my husband was very loving and kind and he was very caring, but I was, I was kind of angry. I've kind of felt like, Hey, I, I had my big loss. (laughs) You know, sometimes in your life you say, Hey, I've had mine. I'm done. So when I went through that, I was of course pretty down and pretty depressed about that. And I think what happens is it just, starts to wear on you no matter what your faith is it starts to wear on you and I just kept coming back to I've just got to stick to my faith I've got to stick to what I believe and I made a commit to my commitment to my husband he made one to me and that's what we're going to do but uh, one thing that happened several years after that a couple years after my cancer I had a, a very close friend Um, we were all close. We were working together, you know, and we were all close as couples. There was about six couples. But I came to find out that um, my very close friend and my husband had decided they were going to run off together. Oh, my goodness. How in the world did you handle that? I did not handle that very well. Here's what I thought. I was devastated. And what's very interesting and and many women might understand this. I don't know if men will understand this, but you almost, I was almost more hurt by the woman than I was my husband <laughs> because there's something about a woman's tie. You know, when you have this uh, a tie with a woman, you yes. know, your friendship, it's very close and, and you're close with your husband, but it's just different. Right. I think you have expectations of, you know, they would never betray you. And I was betrayed, and um, what had happened is after a few days, I actually just went to them and I said, this is not happening, you're not in love, and I said to my husband, and you're coming home, (laughs) (laughs) and lo and behold, 
he did come home. And believe me, it was not all roses and sunshine. But I decided we need to work through it. You know, you don't you don't lose a child together. And, you know, I, you don't go through what I went through with the cancer. And then you just call it quits. I just, you know, I knew he loved me. So I just had to say, we're going to work through this. And we did. And believe me, years even afterwards, he would say, I'm really sorry. It's like, you know, honey, it's over. Yes. <laughs> I, I just want you to let it go. I've let it go. And, you know, I've moved on. Did you, did you stay friends with that woman? No, we did not. We were advised not to stay friends. Um, she did write me many letters and just was very sorry. And, um, and you know, I felt like I could forgive her, but I, it wasn't something that I was going to go back and be friends with her. And eventually, you know, we moved away from each other. But I will tell you, um, we are actually friends again, not close friends, but there need to be healing there. And yes. um, it worked out. That was a very difficult time. But I will tell you, because of those situations, my husband, I think he held all those in. I think that he was unable to let those things go. Okay. Maybe why he kept saying he was sorry and bringing it up, right? Exactly. Exactly. Eight years ago, something unimaginable happened. And it certainly changed my life forever. We were married 34 years Carol, 34 years, and he tragically took his own life. There was no note. There was a thousand questions. Yes, he was having a difficult time at the job we were at at that time. We had gotten out of the ministry, per se, and we're working with um, underprivileged children um, at a school. I think that he had a lot underneath that I didn't know, a lot that was steaming underneath, And what is interesting, um, my mom came to me after that, and she said, I want you to look at these pictures of Rick at Christmas. They were pictures we had taken at Christmas. And I looked through these pictures, and he looked so depressed, I didn't see it. Like, I did not see this coming. He was always melancholy, but I did not, I never in a million years would have thought that he would take his own life. It was so unexpected and so crazy and it was just shocking and at the time my daughter was pregnant with her fourth child oh dear and it was just such a heartbreak and something i never thought i would ever be able to overcome i would sometimes say to him you know you look up because i know he is in heaven with the lord but i would look up and talk to him, and I'd say, Rick, what could be worse than losing a child? You know, what could be that bad? And I just can't seem to get an answer for that, other than I believe that people who commit suicide have a mental illness. Here he was, this fantastic man who was so loving and was so talented and so handsome. And yet, I think he didn't feel that way about himself. How did you deal with the guilt in that situation? Oh, it was very hard. Because the first thing you say to yourself is, what 
did I do? Yes. What did I do that made him do this? I mean, what, uh, what could I have done different? You know, we were married 34 years. We knew each other, you know, like the back of our hands. And, um, you know, I knew his strength, strengths and weaknesses, and he knew my strength, strengths and weaknesses. That's very hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I got it out, though. And the thing is, you just feel like, you know, did I say something? Did I do something? You know, we were going through a hard time at our work situation. But, you know, for me and as a woman, and maybe many women can relate to this, a work situation is a J-O-B. But I believe that a work situation for a man is their whole lifeline. And I think when he was struggling with this, and I think all these things from his past were just coming in on him. And he maybe was reflecting too much on the past. I'm just not really sure. But it was a devastating time. It was a time that I had to really reflect on. Could it have been me? And I did come to the conclusion it was not me. He made that choice. I didn't make it for him. I didn't do anything. I mean, we we were just a normal, loving couple, as far as I knew. It's very... It's very hard, and my heart just goes out to people who suffer from this, who people who have gone through this, and also for widows, because I never expected to become a widow that young. Yes. And I, my heart is there for the widow. Do you think, with hindsight now, it would be easier or more difficult if he had left a note? Well, I wanted a note so bad. I wanted a note to say, honey, I loved you, but I just couldn't take it anymore. That's the kind of note I wanted. After this all happened, I can't tell you how many books I read. And I was trying to find more faith-based books about um, suicide. Mm -hmm. And um, I was unable to, but I found books. And through most of the stories that I read, the note did not really help. Really? Yes, which is interesting because you would think it would be like, oh, at least he didn't do it because of me. You know, at least you would know that. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I knew that he didn't do it because of me. And so that did eventually did give me peace. But a note would have really been lovely. (laughs) And how did your children deal with this? Oh, my goodness. I actually, the the day that it happened, my daughter lived upstate New York and they somebody called her. I can't even remember who. And I actually told the, who was there. I said, don't tell my daughter. Don't tell my daughter, you know, mm-hmm. how he died. Well, of course, she's going to find out. She's a grown woman. Yes. But she and her daddy were close and... It just broke her. But, you know, she is a rock. She's been a rock for me. (laughs) She realized that, you know, I have children of my own. I have to take care of. Yeah. You know, it was three at that time and one more on the way. And she was such a strong. I mean, I leaned on her. This poor child. (laughs) It's like a sobbing mother on her child. It's like it just was so sad. 
but she was wonderful. My son is in the um, armed forces, and so I didn't really get to, you know, he came when his dad died, and all he did was he, he's a man of few words. He would just hug me every time he saw me. But I know that in speaking with him just a few years ago, because he wouldn't talk about it, and I said to him, Nathan, please tell me, tell me how you feel about your dad. What did you think about that? And he just said, I'm angry. Oh. So my heart breaks for my children. I think that's quite normal, though, how men do deal with these kind of things is, is in anger, isn't it? Yeah. When, and even with the loss of a child, I've heard that, too, where the husband is, you know, he, he's very angry that he couldn't do anything to prevent it mm-hmm. or, you know, any number of reasons. But it has, has your son been able to, to deal with that now or is it still that he's coping with the anger? No, I, I think he's still coping with the anger. And how are you? And what can you offer as tips as far as how to get through something like this or anything else you'd like to share to the listener? I always call it getting off the couch. <laughs> okay. In other because words, a pity party on the couch, you mean like? Or? I'm telling you, yes, I... I slept on the couch, I watched TV on the couch, I ate on the couch. I was so comforted by my couch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't think I was ever going to get off of it. I just had to make a way to get myself off that couch. And of course, I call them lifelines. Like I had a lifeline of friends who would just come and say, you're going out, you're going with me, you know, right. and just that type of thing. And I had to let go of my anger. I had to let go of my, you know, I was angry with God. I was angry with myself. And it's all those things you have to deal with. Because I know that many people will stay on that couch the rest of their life, Carol, when they've gone through something. And they're so devastated that they can actually cannot move. And so I am passionate about saying, you've got to make the step to get off the couch. And so my steps were, okay, baby steps, getting off the couch. Okay, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go do whatever, something I love to do. And so that is how I did it, through my faith, through my friends. And it's just, it's been a miracle because otherwise I would still be sitting there. Did at any time, did you blame God? I did. (laughs) I don't think I blamed God, although I did say to God, why didn't you stop him? Why didn't you stop him? Because, you know, I found him, Carol. And it was a very difficult thing. And I just know that God said, I did try to stop him, but I couldn't. And so... I think it was more anger of, you know, God, I've been through enough. I am sick of it. Yes, (laughs) yes. I want a rosy, posy life. Now, please give me a rosy, posy life. (laughs) Because you just wonder how much you can take. And I was kind of done. But I have decided that God has not promised us a rosy, posy life. That if we decide to live our faith, 
We need to live it and just believe it. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. God has promised to get us through anything. And that's where people of faith um, go. You know, they, they know that no matter what they have to endure, that God will give them the strength to endure it. And just as you said, Rosie Posey, you know, he didn't promise us a rose garden because we live in a world. We live in reality and things happen. And some people have more bad things happen than good, it seems. But he has promised to give us that strength, which comes through your faith, to get through it. And I believe that's the message that you are that you are sharing, that no matter what happens, you can have that strength. And God will give it to you, but you have to learn to trust him, right? Exactly. And he has really turned my life around. I met a wonderful man. I was a widow for five years, and I met a wonderful man, and uh, we've been married for four years now. He is a gem, and he really loves me, and he's so easygoing. I said, I'm so sorry I'm bringing all this drama into your life. (laughs) I'm a drama queen, I guess. (laughs) But he's been wonderful, and he's um, the light of my life, and... You know, I just could not have found anybody better than him. Let's just talk about Drama Queen for a second, because as you said it, it kind of it kind of hit me because I understand that from not only my own life, but also um, in listening to a lot of people's stories. And I think it's how we handle the drama, because things happen to people, or sometimes people cause things to happen. And what happened to you, you didn't have control over. Whether no, it was did it not. the death of your child, your cancer, you know, what happened in your marriage, what happened, um, you know, the affair, what happened with the suicide. None of these things were brought on by you. And I think this is this is so important because you didn't create the drama. And so yet the guilt says, well, you're a drama queen. Nobody wants to be around you because all these negative things are happening. But they're happening to you. And you got you had the strength to overcome that. And now you're on the other side. And your life has turned around. And you, you found new love. And no, maybe isn't the rosy life with the white picket fence that you had imagined. But just think of where you've been. And as almost all of my guests have the same passion and that is because of where I've been it's I want to help those who may be there now so any words of wisdom encouragement whatever in that vein that you can share with the audience of getting through these different traumas that you went through and also uh, any tips I would have to say whatever faith you have it totally of course you need to lean on that And you need to lean on your family and you need to lean on your friends. And sometimes it's very hard. You know, we as women and men, sometimes we just think, you know, I can do this on my own. But you know what? We can't do it on our own. We can try, but it just doesn't seem to happen. And so I think if we recognize where we're at and it actually admit it. And I think that's part of it, Carol, is actually saying, you know, I'm really depressed. I'm really, I'm not feeling right. I'm really angry. Uh, I'm really upset. 
instead of pushing it all in. Because I think that my husband, Rick, pushed a lot of things in. Mm -hmm. And then look what happened. And so I think if we can be as honest with people and open with people, that's going to make us healthier. And I think it's just so important. And then what about on the other side? How do you get through those moments? You said your faith, yes, and being close to, you know, finding friendships and, and any, anything else that can, any self-help tips. I would say, you know, read, read some books. Read what other people have been through. Um, talk to other people about what they've been through and see how they have come through. Try to just fill your mind with uh, good things. You know, if we focus on all the negative things all the time, and for a while, I'm telling you, I just, I was so overcome with it. Um, it can just take you down really dark sparrow, uh, you know, just yes. down a dark hole. And, and so try to focus on things that are, are good. You know, there is a scripture that says, to think on things that are pure and lovely and of good report. And I do try to do that because I'll tell you even now, I have some nights where all these things try to just creep yes, in on yes, me. Yes, yes. And I have to fight this. And I will probably have to fight this my entire life because we just can't completely come out of it unscathed. I purpose I purpose to be, to go forward. I purpose to do what I feel I'm called to do. And I feel very called to help people and especially widows. I do have a, a big heart for widows and to see them thrive and survive in this life, not just survive, but to thrive. And that's what I'm trying to do. And I'd like our listeners, uh, no matter what you have gone through, that you can come through it. You can get over to the other side. Do you have any words of possible wisdom that could help people who may have gone through something similar and have a difficult time forgiving that person? Oh, that forgiveness is such a hard thing. I would have to say forgiveness is an act. So you may not feel it, but I believe if you say it, even if you don't feel it, that you will eventually forgive. We, we just can't forgive in ourselves all the time. But if we say, you know what, I would really like to forgive that person, or I'd really like to forgive God, it will come to the place where you actually will start to forgive them. And you think, well, how did that happen? Will happen because you spoke it. I agree with that. Yes, that's 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 one of the main things, and that's how that is how speaking the words that come out of our mouth is what comes into our. Sometimes will come into our spirit, so we have to say, uh, like I said, think on positive things, say positive things, and just encourage yourself and encourage others. Because had I hung with the wrong people. I could still be laying on the couch eating all that chocolate. <laughs> Although I do eat a lot of chocolate, Carol. <laughs> and have you forgiven yourself for that? <laughs> uh, yes, I have, because I still do it. 
<laughs> I was just going to say, when you were talking about uh, laying on the couch, that's a pity party, and we all throw them. And I've often said, I threw so many pity parties and nobody showed up. I know. And, and it's usually <laughs> those pity parties that you have by yourself that seem to be the hardest, which is the same scenario as, as you laying on the couch the hardest to overcome because you're not out there whining to your friends and crying, you know, to every person and stranger or, or, you know, the person on the other end of the, of the telephone line or whatever. You're holding so much of that in and you're feeling sorry for yourself and you don't know how to get off that couch. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that this is part and parcel to what your message in the, your book is. Is that correct? It is. It, it, it is a book of hope. You know, when I I felt like I was to write this book, you know, of course I didn't want to. Because <laughs> it was just way too much work. Yeah, and but a lot and a lot of a lot of things you had to dig up. I had to dig up and I thought, how's how am I gonna do with this? But and that being said, my wonderful husband, I did say to him, you know, I I need you to not that he needed to give me permission, but I wanted him to feel okay about me writing this book because here I am, you know, talking about my other husband. Right. And it's, you know, my other life. And he was so supportive. And so I literally, I just would get up at four or five in the morning and that was my best time to write it. But you're right. It did bring a lot of memories back and it was really interesting how much I remembered I mean, this was eight years ago. And so, and then my daughter died 40 years ago. Right. But I really could remember a lot of details. And I am a journaler, a journaler. And so I did journal, you know, partially for some of this. And that does help remember. Yes, but, yes. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I needed to do something. And I almost felt like, if I don't do something, then all of this is for naught. If I can't, if I don't help somebody, then, you know, I felt like, what was all this for? <laughs> That's my perception of why I wrote the book and why I do the things I do, because it needs to count for something. And it's almost if it doesn't count for something, it was for nothing. If Does that make sense? Makes total sense. I really like that. If it doesn't count for something, it's worth nothing. Yes. You could use that in a lot of different scenarios. Yes, you really could. And and many of our listeners could. And they if, as they think about that, you know, if you've gone through something big, make it count. Because you were put on this earth for a reason. Whatever that reason was for Everything that happens in our life is for a reason. I really, truly believe that. And so I want to make sure that whatever that reason was for me, that I'm going to fulfill it. And that's what kind of encourages me to, to keep going. I think one of, the, one of the places that our passion comes from, for those of us who have endured much, is... Getting through to the other side, and one, I'll just back up there for a second. When I use the word through, I like what I read many years ago when it said, it was talking about going through something. And the word there, through, is the key word. Because you didn't stop. 
Mm-hmm. You made it through to the other side and you didn't give up. So when you go through something, you get to the other side. There are other people that are going through this too. What can I do to help them understand, to encourage them, to possibly motivate them to get off that couch? All these things become very passionate in people who have gone through a lot. And that is so exciting because, as you said, if you didn't get through it, you wouldn't have the story, the story that can change lives. So I applaud you for going through so much, and yet there's no bitterness. I sense nothing like that, no unforgiveness, you know, as you are sharing your story. It is your life. It is what has happened. You're through it. And you're stronger because of it. And what can you do now to help others? So one of the things is that you do have your book. Anything else you want to share about that? And also tell us about your podcast. Is that along this line as well? Yes, our um, the podcast is actually called Brand New Me. And I do it with a friend, Frances Drost. And it's pretty much subjects that we really want to dig into subjects of people that have gone through things and how they've come through and how they become a brand new me. So we have a lot of fun and we do have guests on our show that we interview, but it's just different things of how people survived. And, you know, we just have a great time. She's, she is a musician and a singer and she writes her own songs and she's amazing. And I was just thrilled that she, had asked me <laughs> to come and partner with her with this. So, yes, it's on Stitcher and on YouTube. So, brand new me, if you want to check that out. And my book, Lemons and Lace. And uh, you, I can't tell you why it's called Lemons and Lace, because that would give away the story. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you can get my book on Amazon, and you just have to type in Lemons and Lace book, or my name, Pam Fleming. And I also have a website that you can check out. It's lemonsandlacebook.com. And it can actually lead you at, to where you can purchase the book. But it is a story of hope. Yes, there's things that happen, but it ends up a very hopeful tale. And I just am excited about the book and excited that that I've had many widows call me and they've read the book or and just, you know, uh, it's A lot of women read it, but a lot of men have read it, too, and they've enjoyed it. And I also have another ministry called Dash Girls. And, you know, Dash Girls is um, something God called me to do. We always, you know, it's where we come and do convergence to what we are called to do. And Dash Girls stands for Destinies Aligned to Soar Higher. So I have... Three other friends that are Dash girls, and we go out and minister a lot of times the DISC test, and that's, you know, the personality test. And it shows us uh, that, you know, if we know who we are, then we can help serve better. You know, if we really, it's not trying to put like a, a round hole in a square peg. So we go out and minister to women basically and teach the DISC test, but also talk, give our testimonies. And we want them to come into convergence, which means that sweet spot where God has called you to be or where you feel like you've been called to be in your lifetime. 
Well, both of those sound really incredible, and I appreciate you sharing that. Also, the uh, all of that information will be in the show notes with all the uh, the links to buy your book, to listen to your podcast, to listen, of course, to this interview and your website, etc. So that'll all be in one place that you that uh, the listeners will have access to. Anything else that you would like to share in conclusion, Pamela? It has been really heartwarming to hear your story. With you, I can see that not only have you survived and thrived, but you have also found peace. And that is essential in moving forward in your life. So is there anything else that you want to share with the audience in conclusion? Just that, you know, if you can, let go, try to let go of any turmoil that has come into your life. And I will tell you, if you do, if you make a point to, some way you will come out of that deep hole that you're in. And I know because I did. And I want that for for you too. I want that for everyone. And just trust that you will get through it and you will come out on the other side, as Carol said, and you will be delighted with your life. Thank you so much, Pamela. That was a great way to sum it up. I appreciate that. And again, thank you for being part of Never Ever Give Up Hope. And listeners, you must connect with Pamela if you you yourself possibly haven't gone through some of these things, but you may know somebody who has. This would be an awesome gift her book, and also to connect with her on her podcast and her website. Thank you for listening, and Pamela, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Carol. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope, featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.